0: That this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, there's nothing like just dedicating and committing our time before the Lord. You know, when you really commit something to God, it really releases the Holy Spirit to have His way. How many of you want to have the Lord have His way today in our midst? I believe God wants to touch us. I believe He wants to bring healing and rest- restoration in every dimension this morning. Father, we thank you first of all. We give you praise, Lord, because we know, even as David said in the Psalms, I will bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me. I will bless your name. And Lord, as we come and exalt you, Lord, we know that you inhabit the praises of your people. Lord, we know that our eyes and our ears and our hearts haven't even imagined the things that you have prepared for them that love you this morning. You've seated us together, Lord, with you in heavenly places. Father, you have raised us from the dead. Lord, you have put us in a place of authority and dominion over our enemies. You've removed our sins. You've washed us, O Lord, from all of our sins and You've given us the gift of righteousness. We have so much to be grateful for today. So, Father, we just pray that right now that You would just take control and just let the river of the presence of the Lord flow as You want this morning. We pray that You'll touch our city, touch our nation, Lord. Father, we pray that You'd send revival upon our cities today. You would touch churches, Lord. Bring unity within our churches throughout the land. Lord, we know that we live in a season where things are being shaken to the very root. But Lord, you were arising out of all of this, Lord, as an unshakable God with an unshakable kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that you're building your church and we give you praise. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.
1: You guys turn to someone and give them a hug and say, just tell them how good they look today. Say, mmm, you look good. Say, you look like you got some glory on you. for the Lord just to begin to show up in your heart right now. Just to start praying for the passion in that person next to you, that God would start to build the passion for their calling in their heart. Sometimes we take on other people's passions and we forget our own, but I think the Lord wants to just reinstate the things that He has created us to do. The things that He has created us to have a passion for. I just want you to start to intercede for that person. Just to say, God, just stir up the passion in their heart right now. It's passion that turns a nation. And it's the presence that keeps it there. And I think the body of Christ needs to reinstate some passion. to, Lord, raise up, raise up those dreams, God, raise up those visions, Lord, Lord, maybe some of us has forgotten ever since we were little, God, begin to rise up those, those things in our heart, Lord, that may have been buried by hurts, by distractions, by detours, and right now, we just call those things up to the surface, the things that we were made to do. Lord, that you would stir up the faith of a child in us right now. We would have faith to hear the voice of our Father. Lord, we would have the passion to pursue that faith you all of our mind God it glorifies you all of our strength we love you
2: I feel like somebody needs to hear this, so I'm going to tell you a couple funny, odd things that happened to me this week. Um, I know a friend gave me a tape player. You know cassette tapes. Anybody remember those? I have a tape from this church from 20 years ago. That was a presbytery, a word of prophecy over me, and I listened to it for years and years until my tape player broke. Well, I still have the tape. My friend brought me the tape player and I listened to it again and it was just fresh. It was new it was old it was I, I understood what it was saying and it's just as relevant to my life today. I'm a little farther in my progress, but it's just as relevant today as it was when it was spoken 20 years ago and that, that's just amazed me that God is not. Bothered that it took me 20 years to do this. He's not bothered by that, by how long it takes me to do something. He just wants me to be willing to do it. And then last week I went to visit some friends in Oklahoma. On the way home, I don't know if any of you heard there was a big tanker spill on I 35. Well, I was sitting on the freeway for six hours at the back of that. (laughs) And then I thought about how God orders our steps the righteous the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord and I thought you know I stopped at a rest stop took five minutes got stuck in a little traffic jam before that took five minutes stopped and got myself a hamburger that took five minutes how do I know that if I hadn't gotten to that traffic jam 15 minutes earlier I wouldn't have been in that accident I don't know that I do know that God knows my whole life, my whole weekend, my whole week, my whole month, he took that 15 minutes and shifted it on my behalf so that I was not in that accident. Yeah, I was stuck in traffic, but I was safe sitting in my car, everything, listening to the radio, everything was cool. And then I thought, he took something from 20 years ago and it's still relevant in my life today. He didn't forget who I am. He didn't forget his promise. And he took something from today and protected me in a 15-minute window. And what something could have been really horrible. So what I think somebody needs to hear today is you're stuck in something or something's been going on for a long time or you're not sure how you're going to get something done. I don't know what your situation is, but God will redeem the time. And I had James trying to look up the scripture for me. I think Ephesians 5.16 refers to it, but... God will redeem the time. That scripture, I have to tell you, that scripture always bothered me. You know, don't waste time because once it's gone, it's gone. That's what we hear all our lives. But God isn't constrained by those rules that we go by. So if you have something you're struggling with, just know God will redeem the time. And even though I don't totally understand that what that means because I'm restrained by that clock up there with the minute hand going round and round and round, God is not God is not restrained or constrained by that. So just don't fear. Keep your faith. Keep your trust in God. Know that He is the one who controls time, who will redeem the time for your good.
3: Word, Jerry. I know that's a really hard concept for us, that we, you know, God is not linear, and just, we got to get out of our box, and I know that's not easy, so I just speak to Ari this morning, that you would just be out of your box, that God would just help you to see it His way. His ways are not our ways, right? Amen. Esthers, if you guys want to go ahead and come, we will take this morning's tithes and offerings. Yes jesus we worship you this morning even with our money we know that is just a form of worship and we just lay it at your feet this morning we thank you that you are a god of provision we thank you that you are looking out for us i just pray for anyone who needs um, help in their finances who needs wisdom who needs increase we just thank you that you're taking care of us we just trust in you this morning we choose to trust in you we choose to let you be in control and to see it your way jesus thank you father god amen right they're gonna go ahead and do that and then um let you guys know what's going on around new life just a few announcements um today after church teenagers if you guys are interested in the youth drama ministry we're going to be meeting with maria um i've got some pizza and so you can meet down in walker hall after church and then monday night we've got discipleship classes and we also have prayer if you just want to come and soak in the presence and seek the lord that's at seven o'clock on monday um Tuesday morning, Girls with Swords, that's our ladies' Bible study. If you want to meet at 10 a.m., we've been going through an awesome Beth Moore book, just um, praying God's word and just good practical stuff. And then um, Wednesday night, we have classes for everybody. Um, see some other There's other stuff coming up um, in April, so you guys see your bulletin. We've got a work day. We've got a worship night, so just see your bulletin for that. And um, you kiddos can be dismissed to your classes. That's Tiny Tots and Power Kids babies through fifth grade, you guys can head on to class, and I just want to welcome you this morning if you're visiting or if you're not visiting, it's good to have you this morning and just pray that the love of the Father just touches your heart this morning and you just get something good from God, and that way you can go out and touch somebody else with that.
0: Praise God. Thank you, Megan. Appreciate that. Welcome, 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 welcome. Amen. Would you turn to your neighbor and give him a big smile today? Amen. How many of you believe that <laughs> it's good? How, how many of you how many know that when you smile, you actually give your face a rest? Do, do you know that when you smile, your face actually just, I mean, your muscles, I, I literally heard this, that when you smile, it's normal, it's natural, and it's healthy for you to smile. I'm not talking about putting on a fake smile, but when you smile... When you're happy, do you know that you're reflecting the very image of Almighty God? How many of you know the joy of the Lord is your strength? And God, God doesn't want you just happy. God wants you filled with joy. Amen. Because He knows that the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, this morning I, I had a, I, I, I've been on a series on tearing down high places over the past couple of weeks. And I felt the Holy Spirit just speak to me while we were up here worshiping and just say, Ray, I want you to go a different direction this morning. And so I'm just going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, and I, I I believe in, I'm, I'm a series guy. I love preaching series. I'm, I'm a builder by nature. I used to be a carpenter. I believe in following the blueprints and the plans and and there, there is a structure in Scripture. Uh, Jesus said, "I will build my church." Uh, Jesus talked about the wise and the foolish man. The wise man built his house on the sand, and the foolish man built his or, wise man built his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. And there are two promises in that parable. The promise was that storms will come. That was the first promise. That. He promised us that in life, storms will come. But the second promise is this, that he who builds his house on the the rock, his house will weather that storm. And how many of you know God wants your house to stand? He's not just talking about your marriage, but he's really talking about your life. And he said that the storms, there's there's different kinds of storms. There's different kinds of crises. There's storms that are demonic storms. There's storms of crisis. There's family relational storms. There's storms that come to us in marriage. There's storms that are political and uh, national by nature. There's storms that come to us in the form of even physical infirmities. The storms that come to us financially. There's, there's many kinds of storms, but he says this, the man's house who is built upon the rock stood the, against the powers of the storm. And, and I believe God wants to do something powerful this morning. I think he wants to bring an awareness to us this morning that first of all, we serve a God who's at hand, who's available. He's there, and just as you will call upon the name of the Lord, you're going to experience his saving grace and saving power. Can you say amen? And God wants you to know that He is the God at hand. Amen. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to now I just now I, I know I said to lift your hands, but now I want you to look at your hands. Your hands are pretty important. And do you know that Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand? And what he's trying to say is there's power in your hands. Amen. You are not weak-handed. You may not like your hands, and some of you may have painted your nails this morning, and you don't like your hands. But Jesus said, even by the laying on of hands, they shall be healed. There's healing in your hands. God told Moses, you can put your hands down. God told Moses in Exodus chapter 3, when Moses told the Lord God spoke to Moses said Moses I've called you to be a deliverer of my people here's one man who was intimidated and felt so awkward and felt so lacking and God says I've called you Moses to go down and be my mouthpiece and to be a deliverer for my people and he says to Moses he says I'm, I'm sending you and when you go I will be with you. How many of you know God is with us this morning? But he also said this. He said, I will put my words in your mouth. And then he said this to Moses. And Moses began to complain to the Lord. He says, Lord, I I can't talk. I can't do such a thing. How can you expect one man to go against a nation? How can you expect that? And the Lord began to speak to Moses, and he said to Moses, What is in your hand? Now you know what Moses had was in his hand? It was a staff. But what he had was what was natural to him. It was something that he had with him every day. It was something that Moses was used to using. He was a shepherd. In the, uh, in the wilderness of the Midianites, in the wilderness of Paran. But he was a shepherd and he always carried this staff. It was just a stick. And God said, what is in your hand? I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, there's something in your hand. Would you do that? The something in your hand. Now you may say, oh, Pastor Ray, you're preaching Old Testament here. You're just preaching Old Testament. This is, under, this is under the Old Covenant and the Old Testament. No, it's not under the Old Covenant. When Jesus came, the first message he preached, he said, repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. And what he was trying to say to you, is that it's not only within your reach and within your grasp, but He was saying there's something in your hand. And it's more than just your physical hand. God's not just trying to say that there's something supernatural power just in the hand. I I remember I had a grandfather years ago, and, and he had a ministry of healing. And my grandmother, when I was a young boy, always used to tell me, he'd say this, he says, you know, Ray... When your grandfather comes under the anointing, the hair stands up on his arm. And I remember I'd I'd always look at Grandpa's arm. I was looking for the hair. I I never saw the hair stand up. But my grandmother said, the one the anointing was on Grandpa. The the hair stood up on his arm. And and so I was looking for the hair. But I didn't see the hair stand up on his arm. Now that didn't mean that the healing wasn't flowing. But... But a lot of people today look for those kind of physical, tangible things. But that's, that's thank God the anointing is not based on those kind of things. You know, I, my hair doesn't stand up, and a lot of people feel, when the anointing's on my life, I, I just feel certain things. I want to tell you right now, and I'm going to say something that might be shocking to you, but there's much of the time, I don't always feel God's presence But I know God's presence. I know his presence is in me. His presence is on me. I know his spirit is always a spirit of grace. It's a spirit of favor. And it's a spirit of empowerment. Amen? Amen. And this morning I want to say something to you. And then it's an announcement. And it's this. God is not only with you, but he wants to use you. There are people this morning that you have been living day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, and you have been waiting on God to do something. I have an announcement. God's waiting on you. God is waiting on you to use your faith. He's waiting on you to use your mouth. He's waiting on you to begin to dream your dream. Remember what Jerry said this morning. Jerry pulled out a prophecy out of the archives of 20 years ago, and she said this, that the word the Lord spoke to her 20 years ago was just as fresh as it was when it was given. I want to just say to you right now, God has some things in store for you. The Bible says that your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, nor even entered in the hearts of those who can even imagine. God says that we have a Father who loves to give good gifts. Amen? He loves to give you gifts. Now, some of you this morning, I, I just sense this in my spirit, and, and I know it's the Lord. There's some of you this morning that have come with some seriously incredible heavy needs there's needs in your life there's people today that need breakthrough in fact this past week i've been actually in more intense prayer this week i don't know why just the lord has led me into prayer during the night during the day and the lord just said ray i I want to move in this congregation and i want to move by my spirit and there's some things the Lord wants to do. He wants to bring breakthrough and healing and ministry. He wants to bring uh, a deposit of wisdom. There's, there's people seeking guidance and wisdom in their life. But some of you know that you have been stuck in a certain place in your own walk. You, just, you feel trapped. And the Lord wants to be, release you from the trap. Some of you are in a trap because you have carried, listen to me, you've carried offenses. I felt like the Lord speak to me today. There's three people that have carried offenses for years and it's because of what someone else did against you that hurt you deeply, and you've carried the offense, you have never forgiven, you have never forgotten it, and it has been something that has weighed upon you, it's, it's almost even borderline hatred. And it has just caused you to stop growing. And I'm here to tell you this morning prophetically. Now some of you may think, well that that can't be for me. I want you to think real hard. I want you to really think because I believe the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on someone. Not, not one, but there was literally three the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart that there's been something that was laid against you. I even feel that there was someone who went, that there was a lawsuit and someone sued you and I don't know if they won anything or got, but, but it, it hurt you deeply. And your name was even marked. I, I'm here to tell you this morning, the Lord wants to bring some healing to your life. He wants to get you to a place where you're unstuck. Where you're no longer stuck in the past. Held hostage. You hear what I'm saying this morning? You mean, so Pastor Ray, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? Well, how many of you know the Lord wants to bring a today word? He wants to heal people that have been stuck. There's another, there's another group, not, not a group, but I just sense an individual. You have been wrestling an addiction. Actually, there's probably many. Uh, based on statistics, there's so many of our society that are wrestling addictions. But I felt the Lord this morning say, I want to break every yoke in your life. And what it comes down to is very simply this. Jesus can heal every disease. He can break every yoke. In fact, do you know that Jesus has already broken your yoke? He's already destroyed the powers of sin and darkness over your life. But what it, what it comes down to is this. It is making an exchange... Do you know that you can become so comfortable with your bondage? And so comfortable with your problem that you begin to believe you can't live without it. And God wants you to know that He doesn't want you to become a victim and held hostage to a problem or in a bondage where you're stuck. He wants you free. Turn to your neighbor and say this prophetically. He wants you free. Would you do that? Turn to someone? He wants you free. Now, Pastor Ray, why do you have me turn to someone and tell them that God wants them free? Because Jesus said to do that. Jesus actually said to speak to the mountain. Jesus actually said that we are a prophetic people. There is something powerful that when you begin to speak the word of the Lord, that the word of the Lord is so creative and so transforming. I've actually had this happen to me. I've come into church. And I was depressed. I was down. I wasn't feeling well. And someone came up to me and said, Ray, this is the day. God is going to turn your captivity. And I said, how do you know that? So the Lord showed me the Lord's going to turn your captivity. It totally changed my whole outlook. It just, it just something shifted in the spirit realm. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? I, I want you to hear that today, today, everyone say today. Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today, 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 right now, right now. Well, Pastor Ray, I, w- I wasn't coming today to hear God's voice. I was, I was just coming to church because it was, it was time to get up and it was, it's Sunday. And, and I, I didn't know that today, t- today, 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 God's going to speak today, to me, today, today. Really? To me? You mean to me today? Today. No way. It can't be today. It has to be next week. No, it's today. Today, today. Right now. Right now, today. Oh God. Now some of you are woke up. Some of you actually woke up. I actually saw some eyebrows go, Well, today. What's happening today? I, I don't know. I was looking at my cell phone. Uh, today. He said, Something's happening today. To today. It's today. Today is breakthrough. Today my god today will supply all your today today you're gonna walk out of here today healed restored set free no longer no weapon formed against you no longer will keep you in bondage no weapon formed against you will ever prosper Today, you're going to leave out of here with a word, a fresh rhema from the throne of grace. A word of resurrection power. Do you know that today is Palm Sunday? The day where Jesus, 2,000 some odd years ago, went into Jerusalem and they were, they were saying Hosanna to the Son of David. and there was a, It was a parade of majesty and celebration as Jesus came into Jerusalem. The primary reason for that was that Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And many of the Jewish people tried to celebrate his coming by politicizing the whole issue. They wanted Jesus to become their, their king and their military messiah. And, but Jesus comes in and, and he does some strange things. How many of you know Jesus did a lot of strange things? I mean, right in the middle of the parade, he starts doing some strange things. One thing, he curses a fig tree. Another thing he does is he makes a whip, goes in and cleans the temple. How many of you know, that's just not the way to celebrate a great parade after everybody's celebrating about you. But Jesus came into Jerusalem and he saw some things that actually turned his stomach. And Jesus began to turn the tables and he began... The Bible says in the book of Mark that... He withstood people from coming into the temple that were going to buy and sell and trade because they were, they were, they were committing usury and they were, they were out to make a profit on those who were coming to buy sacrifices to offer for their sins as, as a yearly thing that the people were to do. And Jesus began to see... The, the, the program and see the manipulation that was taking place among the religious leaders and then he cries out, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. You've come to take, you've come to rob, you've come to manipulate, you've my father's house. The Bible says that the temple was cleansed and as Jesus cleansed the temple, it says all of a sudden the lame and the blind, which were forbid to come into the temple, and small children begin to hear how the blind and the lame were healed. And it says, and the children, because of the supernatural power of God, begin to cry when they saw the lame walk and the blind were healed and the children, children were affected by the supernatural power of God that was taking place in his house. I'm here to tell you that I believe with all my heart God wants to manifest supernatural power. I believe God wants to begin to release an anointing through our hands. Everyone say our hands. I want you to see something in Scripture. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 verse 20. I'm sorry, Matthew 4 verse 23. Jesus went around all of Galilee. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness. All kinds of diseases among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought to him all the sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. Those who were demon possessed. Epileptics. Paralytics. And he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis and Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Jump over with me also into Mark's Gospel, chapter 6. Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 33. Actually, let's come back into verse 30. Mark 6, verse 30. And the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. And notice this, it says, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Now that's a busy place. How I many of you believe that the house of God should be a place where people are coming and going and ministry is happening and people are being healed and prophetic flow is flowing and the river is flowing and life is taking place. Amen? That, that's what's happening when the kingdom of God is in operation. And it says, But the multitudes saw, verse 33, them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities and arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out and he saw the great multitudes, listen to this, this, this is the heart of the Father right here. When Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. And so he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, His disciples came to Him and said, This is a deserted place and is already the hour is late. Everyone say deserted place. God wants to come to desert, deserted places. How many of you believe God can touch your deserted place? He wants to come. It's interesting that the disciples said, Lord, this is a deserted, it is a desert place. They obviously were looking with eyes in the natural. They're looking and they're making judgments based on what they see. And their response to the deserted place is let's get out of here. Jesus said, no. Don't send them away you give them something to eat. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, God's got something for you to give. <laughs> I know when I do that, some of you look like, oh, here's another one, Pastor, right? Tell me to tell everybody. No, listen. When Jesus says certain things, how many of you know, he ever asks us to do things in the right time? It's never the right place and it's never the right time. You know, sometimes I've told people this. Because do, do you know that when you get up on a Sunday morning, how many have ever had this? Don't, don't raise your hands. We'd have to pray for you if, I, if you... But how many have ever felt like this? You know, it's, it's just not a good day to go to the house of God. It's not a good... I'm feeling... I'm feeling that call from McDonald's. This, you know, uh, this, this uh, what was the phrase McDonald's used to put out? Uh, have it your way or whatever, yeah. It's something like that. But, but you know, th- th- there's, th- there's this little demon that says, you know what, you deserve a break today. And you know what I do when I hear that voice? That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a sign that God's going to do something, and I don't want to miss it. How many of you understand that the devil wants you to get comfortable in your easy chair? So that, and, and you see, I'm not kidding. There, there are so many believers that don't understand how the devil works. There are times where the Holy Spirit is moving, and God wants to move in their life, and for some reason, do you know the greatest distraction the devil does is distraction? He, he's, the, he's the God of this world who is the spirit of distraction. He's got to distract you. He wants to keep you from breakthrough. I've come to find out not to follow what I feel. Everything that I feel is wrong. Everything, by by the way, have you ever noticed, it's kind of like eating too. Have you noticed that everything you like to eat is not good for you? And everything you hate to eat is good for you. Have you ever noticed that kind of a, I mean, I I don't know about you, but my my wife and I are going through a a serious problem right now. We hate to eat what we're eating, but it's good for us. I I want to tell you something. I love Coca-Cola. I love sugar. And some of you are praying and fasting right. Oh, God, deliver it. But yes, I need prayer. I need major prayer. I love sugar. I love it. But it doesn't like me and it'll kill you. Well, the same thing in the, in the spiritual realm. There's things that this, the devil will always speak to things that bring about a sense of convenience to you. And make you feel comfortable while you're like the frog in the kettle and you're boiling to death. Have you ever heard about the old story about the frog in the kettle? If you put a frog in the kettle and you turn the water up, they will begin to relax because they get comfortable. But as the water rises, they lose their ability to exercise their muscle and they boil to death. Well, that's the way the devil works, he gets you comfortable. He gets you so relaxed in your deception. Man, you're just, it's, like, it's got to be good because I feel so good, but I'm dying. And see, we got to re- realize this. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, he, he, He's going to speak to us. And, you know, part of the, the purpose of pastors and leaders and spiritual fathers, amen is to really bring the best in your life. Amen? I don't don't need leaders to put me to sleep so I fall into deception. I need leaders in my life that will speak truth, but speak it in love. I need leaders that set examples. I I need spiritual fathers that understand what the Word of God says. I need need understanding to, to really be able to 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 live a life that brings glory to God, that makes a difference in the world around me. He's called me to come out and let my light shine and be salt in the earth. And here Jesus here is in this desert place and he's speaking to the disciples and their rational mind says, let's get out of here. Jesus says, no, this is a good place. If you're ever in a place where you're uncomfortable and it looks deserted and it looks like you're lacking, it's a probably a good chance God is getting you set up for you to see a miracle in your life. It's a setup. Now, what do we do? In America today, America in the land of democracy, in a republic, we have learned to think for ourselves and we live in the land of Convenience. We make decisions based upon rational thinking. We we don't have a kingdom mindset. In a kingdom, only the king has the final say. In the kingdom of God, it's not a republic. It's not a democracy. Do you know God didn't ask for your vote about anything? That's why when you become a Christian and you truly become a disciple of Jesus, guess what? It means you're crucified, it means you're dead. He doesn't need your suggestion. I know this might be a revelation to some of you. Some of you may say, oh, I'm not going to follow Jesus because I, sometimes I need to tell God what He's doing and how He's running things and I don't necessarily agree with it. Guess what? That's not the kingdom of God. In the kingdom, only the king has the final word. To be a, to be a disciple of Jesus means my sheep, what? Hear my voice, and they follow me. You see, for you to be a follower of Jesus means he's your leader. You're not a follower. Hey God, I have some ideas here I think will help you out. And he's not, he doesn't need it. But here we find that in the desert, Jesus in this place, a bewildered place, a desolate place, there's no food, no supplies, there's nothing. Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, You! You feed them! The disciples are bewildered and they say, Lord, we have nothing. Somebody comes up and finds there's a lad there that has five fish and five loaves and two fish. And in the book of Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke, No, no, I'm wrong. John 6. It's in John 6. One of the disciples, Philip, turns to Jesus and says, But what are these? What is this? He said, what is this for all of these? See, it's amazing that when God begins to use what's in your hands, the tendency is to belittle and despise what God has in your hands. It's to, the, the tendency is, this, what do I have to offer? What, what is, what, 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 how can you possibly do anything with what I have and who I am and the gifts that I don't necessarily see? What, 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 what is this in, in comparison to the great need that's out there? How many of you know Jesus loves to take what we despise And what we belittle and say, I can do amazing things with that. And so the lad comes, delivers his lunch. The title of my message, Bill, is Give God Your Lunch. Amen. Everyone say, Give God Your Lunch. The little boy comes with five loaves, two two fish, gives Jesus. The Bible says, and you know the story, Jesus takes the loaves in his hands, he blesses it, He looks up to heaven and he gives thanks. That's so important. Jesus got his eyes off the loaves and the fishes and he started looking up. Instead of despising what he had, he looks up to the Father and he says, Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for supplying our needs according to your riches and glory. Let's everybody do that right now. Let's just look up. Just look up and say, Father, thank you for what you've given me. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the little that I have that you want to multiply. That, Lord, you want to transform deserts and turn them into places of oasis and blessing and increase in every area of our life. Father, thank you, Lord, for opportunities. When we see things that are deserted, Lord, and isolated and desolate, that, Lord, you can transform deserts into a places of refreshing and, and miraculous power in Jesus' name. See, that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't have his eyes on what he didn't have. He had his eyes on the Father. He kept everyone say that. He had his eyes on the Father. See, so much we're looking at Lord, we got five, we got five fishes. What is this? This can't do nothing. That's why we see no multiplication. Jesus didn't look at the loaves and the fishes, he had his eyes on the Father. Then he did something. The Bible says he broke and then he gave to the disciples and they ate and they were ministered to. Then you know the rest of the story. Jesus in the next part of this text, the Bible says they departed there. They were all ate. They were all filled. They took up 12 baskets full of fragments and the fish. I know the Bible doesn't say this, but guess who went home that day with a huge bucket load? It was that boy. Anytime you give into the kingdom, God gives back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running out all over. I'm not here talking to you about finances. That's not what I'm referring to in this message. What I feel this morning is the Lord is saying, I want my people to be aware of an anointing. I want them to be aware of a presence that is upon them right now to see things multiply in their life. It's more than money. God wants to multiply you in a world around you that displays the Father in His glory and the riches of who He is. He wants to do that. Can you say amen? Amen. And I want you to see something here. They're they're in this situation. He, He delivers the crowd, sends them away, and then verse 45, they're getting in the boat. Jesus orders them to go to the other side. Everyone say other side. Jesus is sending us to the other side And as they're sent away, he goes into the mountain to pray. In verse 47, it says that in the evening when the the boat was in the middle, again, here they are, not only were they in the middle of a desert, but now they're in the middle of the sea. And he sees them straining and rowing, for the wind was contrary. And it was in the fourth watch, by the way, which is between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. So these guys have been out there all night. And Jesus sees them rowing, rowing. And, and they're straining, and the Bible says the winds are contrary. Do you know sometimes God actually sends you into something that's contrary to what you think? He may actually allow you to go through some things that cause some straining, and you're rowing, and you realize you are in the middle of something. You're too far to go back, and yet you're not far enough to see the other side. You're right stuck in the middle of a problem. And you need God. I mean, anybody, anybody ever been that place? You know, I started on this journey. I obeyed the Lord. He told me to get in this boat, go to the other side. I'm out in the other side. I'm doing what He said. And now I'm in the middle of the storm. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Anybody ever been there? Well, I've been there. I've wondered, Lord, why did you put me here? I guess I'm the only one that needs to come to the altar and repent of a bad attitude. But I've had some bad attitudes. I said, God, you sent me on this journey. I'm out in the middle of this thing. I'm roaring, and I don't seem to be making any headway. He says, I know it. And then Jesus comes walking on the water. How many of you know that the Lord wants to come and manifest, bring revelation to you about what's happening right there? But here's the key. You've got to look for him. Everyone everyone say this, look for him. When you're in the middle, in the storm, you got to look for him. If you're not looking for him, you might not see him. you got to look for him. Everyone say, look for him. Because this is the day. This is the day. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him in the middle. I'm going to see him in this storm. I'm not going to let this go by. I'm going to see Jesus in this thing. And as Jesus... Is coming by. He gets into the boat. He stopped, calms the storm. They were all troubled and immediately said and talked with him. And Jesus says, Right in the middle of this, be of good cheer as I don't be afraid. Then he came into the boat. The storm was calm. They were amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Verse 52. Notice verse 52. For they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. They didn't understand the lows. What in the world does the lows have anything to do with being in the middle of a storm? Do you know that one test in what you're walking through right now is actually equipping you and preparing you for the next test that God is going to send your way? There's nothing that you're walking through right now And what you go through and how you pass that test and what you glean from it is actually preparing you for a greater test. But here's the the beautiful thing. God's actually not just equipping you. He's actually empowering you so he can entrust you with a greater anointing. There is no anointing without a test. And here's the thing. When Jesus was referring to the fact that they didn't get it with the loaves, what they didn't realize, it wasn't what was in Jesus' hands that fed the 5,000. It was what was in their hands when Jesus put the loaves of the fishes in their hands because it was as it was in their hands and they begin to divide and give to the people. The loaves were multiplied, but they didn't get it. My point is this morning is God wants us to look to Him but He also wants us to realize that He wants us to see Him in our hands. God wants to begin to multiply things in your hands. God wants to begin to use your hands. Some of you need to lay hands on the sick. Some of you need to lay hands on yourself. Some of you need to begin to declare this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Because you have been anointed. You have been favored. You are separated, set aside. You have an amazing glory. You have the glory of the Almighty, the Son of God, literally resting upon you right now. Jesus, th- there's a prophetic word, and it's this word. Stop waiting for God to move. You have the right the literally i'm going to say something that's going to sound strange but you can actually move god when you begin to come into that place of agreement with his will god wants you he wants to move mountains for you when you agree on earth as it is in heaven how many of you know what the will of god on earth is what's the will of god in heaven it's the will of god for you to multiply. It is the will of God for the sick to be healed. It is the will of God for the kingdom to be expanded. He's waiting for someone on earth to agree with what is already in heaven. He's looking for someone to agree with it. Are you in agreement with Him this morning? I believe God wants people to be blessed, be healed. I believe God wants us to take our place of leadership in our society. I believe God wants... God wants us to stop thinking small, talking small, living in fear, living in doubt, constantly thinking of the past, held hostage in the past, belittling ourselves, belittling our neighbor, belittling our finances, belittling our job. Some of you need to have a cleansing of your mouth. Some of your mouth is so full of negative and doubt. And do you know your mouth will hold you in a place where you are stuck where God will not even move. God can't move because he can't move without faith. Without faith, it's impossible please God. I know what I'm sharing this morning is not necessarily new, but I felt the Holy Spirit say, Ray, I want this church to come to new levels of faith, new levels of vision, new levels of expectation, new levels of understanding the greatness that I have put within them. Do you know you're called to greatness? You are not called to be weak and sick and meek and just hanging on for the rapture. Because the devil's got the world by the tail, and I don't know if I'm gonna make it till Jesus comes. God help you. You were a mountain-moving, giant-killing, promise-kaming, giant-killing man and woman of God. God has put something on you and in you. You're baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. You're not weak. In fact, in your most deserted, the the greatest storms that you walk through. And by the way, have Carol and I been walking through storms? By the way, I'm I'm preaching what we've walked through recently. We've been through some storms and God says, Ray, you're going to practice what you preach. I said, okay. So I want you to start looking to me. I want you to realize that there's power in your confession. There's power in your hands. I want you to begin to praise me, Ray, in the storm. So Carol and I take our hands. Father, we give you praise, even though I don't feel like it. But I'm going to praise you anyway, Lord. Because praising God isn't based upon the music playing and the song singing, the choir shouting. It's based upon the fact that he is God. He is enthroned in the praises of his people. And I will worship you, Lord, with all my heart. You may say, well, Pastor Ray, what do what you do it like that for? Well, the Bible talks about the song of the Lord. The Bible says, be filled with the Spirit, singing and making melody in your heart. You know, God's not looking for a, 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 an American idol contestant who can sing. God's not interested in the quality of your voice. You might sing like, ah, hallelujah. But if it's from the heart, it's pleasing to him. He's not looking for some artist that can sing. He's looking for someone who's standing on the promise. You might be in the storm, all hell's breaking loose, but you're lifting your voice, you're standing on the promise. And when he sees someone worshiping, and you're praising, and you're believing, when all hell is breaking against you, God says, now I can move and I can calm that storm. I can break the powers of darkness for that man, that woman. I can see a breakthrough for that person. Amen? That's all. Praise God. Now let's stand to our feet, shall we? Praise God. It's over. I believe, I love what Catherine Coleman used. used how many remember Catherine Coleman? She used to say, I believe in miracles. Remember Catherine Coleman? I know that dates some of us out here, but I believe in miracles. I really believe the kingdom of heaven is upon you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look at your hands. Look at your hands. Like Jesus, like the Lord told Moses, like Jesus said to his disciples, the kingdom of heaven is at hand within your grasp. All you have to do is repent and believe. Repentance means I've got to change. Some of us need to be untaught. We've had traditions. We've had teaching. We've had a theology that says, no, no. It's not for today. But Jesus said that he couldn't even do many mighty miracles because of their traditions and because of their unbelief. Father, renew our minds. Open our eyes to see. Lord, we know that you have so many amazing things ahead of us. Lord, our eyes can't even see our ears. As Paul said, I've become a prisoner of the riches of his grace Father we just thank you right now that we're not no longer we're not held hostage to a problem or a storm or a marriage or finances Lord you have baptized us with the Holy Ghost and power to think to dream to believe to see to speak to pray Father we ask you Lord right now Maybe while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, maybe this morning someone may say, you know, Pastor Ray, I've allowed fear to cripple my faith. I've seen fear and I've allowed the enemy to make the problems bigger than what the Lord's word says. And I need my faith, amen, to be charged with the word of God. I need my faith be lifted this morning. If that's you, I want to raise your hand. I want to just pray with you. Anyone anyone else? I see your hands. Anyone else? I've been struggling in my faith. I've been struggling with doubts. Maybe someone this morning might say, Pastor, I'm not even saved. I don't even know God. I've had a form of godliness. I've gone to church, but I don't even know Jesus. Don't even know the Lord that's you this morning, I want to raise your hand. I don't know Jesus, anyone. I've never released my faith. I've never surrendered my heart to the Lord. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you, anyone this morning. Amen. I want you to do something. Look at me, would you, before we close? I want you to turn to one person, if you're with your spouse. I want you to turn to one person and I want you to pray for their hands. Hands are a symbol. Hands are a symbol of contact. I want you to pray that God will release faith. Release their faith. We know it's more than just hands. But I want you to pray for the hands. I want you to pray that God will release our faith even right now. Just just go ahead and intercede. And then I want you to speak faith to that brother that sister. They may not be your spouse. Just speak life. Speak faith. Lord, we just release that anointing and that faith. Lord, to turn desert places into an oasis. To turn, Lord, unbelief into faith. Amen. To turn problems into the power of God. Lord, we just release their faith. We lay hands on them. Father, we pray, Lord, that they would take hold with their hands and their hearts the promises of God right now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not looking back. We're not looking behind. We're not looking at fear or the problem, Lord. We're looking at you. We're looking at Jesus. As Jesus blessed the loaves and the fishes and looked to the Father, we thank you right now. We thank You, Lord, for the power of the promise, the power of the Word of God. Lord, just cause us to live and think in heavenly places, that place You've called us to live above, in dominion, subduing our enemies, subduing anything, Lord, that would be contrary or in rebellion to the Word of God or Your promises today. We give You thanks, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Nim, could you raise the music a little bit for me, please? Thank you. Could you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Him.
4: Quick testimony that goes along with today's message. My son Jonathan works at IHOP. And on Thursday, we were dropping a car off for him because he works late. and He comes home late. I was very tired, but the Lord told me to go into IHOP and buy a meal. I had just eaten dinner and I didn't want a meal. I wasn't hungry, but I obeyed the Lord. Went in there and Jordan was there too. Jonathan was just wrapping up. He had two more tables that he was serving. And I noticed a couple sitting in the back there. And the Lord said, buy their dinner. I didn't know them. I had no idea what their deal was. So I said, yes, Lord. And I said, Jonathan, give me their check. I'm going to pay for their their meal. And then I was just going to leave. Jonathan comes home later that night just jumping for joy. He says, you're not going to believe what happened when you bought their meal. This lady's mother had just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And she hated God for it. She said to Jonathan, who bought this meal? Somebody just wanted to bless you. And she says, well, we're believers too, and we understand what you're talking about. And she, she just broke down and wept. She said, I needed, I needed to know that God still loved me. And this meal wasn't about the money. It was about God reaching down from heaven through an obedient servant to say, I love you. Right where you're at, in that booth, while you're struggling with your mother's Alzheimer's, God still loves you. I am challenging everyone in this church to find that desolate place and say, I'm going to buy somebody's lunch. I don't have to know them. I don't have to know their circumstance. I'm just going to take a little sacrifice and I'm going to bring a little heaven into their desolate place and and show God's love to them. That's what the feeding of the 5,000 They weren't all going to die. It was just God's way of showing love to them. But it's going to cost you a little bit. It's in your hand. You may not want to. You may be tired. You may be full. It will be inconvenient. But show love in a desolate place. Will you guys please join with me in that? Thank you, Lord, for letting us be your tools of love. Father, we choose to buy lunch for this world. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. God bless you. If any of you like prayer down here, we're here to pray. Have a great afternoon. Be blessed today. Amen. God bless you.